0: Outsiders Only. This is SkyTerror. Hey, what's going on everyone? Welcome to another episode of Outsiders Only. Uh, this week I have a guest with me and we're going to be uh, talking about our most recent match from the Outsiders League as well as going into a little bit of discussions about decks and the things that involve around making a deck, thinking about a deck, and uh, all the considerations you have in that process. Uh, So I'd like to welcome uh, Christian to the show, who you may know from the Discord as Rem. Hey, man, how's it going? Hi, I'm fine. Thanks for having me.
1: Excited to be on the podcast.
0: Yeah, it's going to be fun. So. Today we're going to just kind of kick things off with going over our game because I have to say that there were moments in this game where, which were the most exciting I've experienced in my uh, short career as a Sky Terror player. I don't know if it was the same for you, but it was it was very uh, cool and uh, exciting uh, back and forth.
1: Yeah, definitely. I, I think I had an uh emotional roller coaster coaster ride going on, like like turn one. I was devastated. It looked pretty grim. But then somehow I got onto the upswing (laughs) and and rode rode it home.
0: So um, why don't we just start off by going right into that. So um, we had our game. And it was it was a fun one. I did not win yet again. I'm still chasing, chasing that W. But uh, the learning process is super invaluable for me. And at my infancy in the game, I do not mind taking the L's as long as knowledge comes with it, which has been the case. And I've had fantastic opponents who have been having uh, discussions with me and uh, providing me with some knowledge and insight based on what's happened, which uh, I always recommend if you're a new player to the game and you play against someone, even if you win or if you lose, uh, ask for their insight into your gameplay, what they thought you could have done better, what they thought you did well. Ask those questions, gain that knowledge. It will just help you grow as a player, maybe even create a little notebook where you can take notes on these things. Uh, it's very helpful. How about you, Christian? How's your your kind of initial uh, foray into the game been in that regard?
1: Yeah, pretty similar to yours. i'm I'm also quite quite new to the game. I have played maybe like like 10 games so far with with friends at first and then i joined the discord and and the whole uh league thingy and i had only pleasant experiences so far like and it's the same same uh thing you already said is like doing a quick recap after a game maybe taking notes i usually ask my opponents like like did i do something that uh did hurt them a lot <laughs> or like like where did where what what I did uh, quite good or, or what was a move that they uh felt hurt them a lot um, or if there was any oversights I had like where when they were happy that I didn't make move x and y
0: mm-hmm yeah, that's a that's a that's a big one. It's it's your you're not realizing you're misplaying those misplays, not yeah. the the obvious ones, the ones where they were happy that you did did a instead of b because uh, that to them would have been more detrimental to their game plan. Why don't we just uh, go into our game a little bit and talk about the that I guess that turn one and turn two kind of exchange, which led to if if we had some sort of uh, ESPN highlights, this would be <laughs> on there. Um, so. Basically, how it worked out was uh, I got myself into a position. I think it was with Brivla, right? Yeah, he was yes. at my bottom left,
1: if I'm, I'm like telling yes. it
0: from, from my view. Yes, yeah, so he was on going to the top right for me. And I put him into a position where he was in range of your, uh, was it a Strida or a Frail? No, it was your Frail, right? Frail, yeah. Yes, and I was able to cast using the Flux a twist allegiance and you had a lead on your frail and i literally put it out of range of the control token almost right next to the nexus yeah and then i'm was...
1: to, to preface this maybe like like i was playing a control deck mm-hmm. so so this control values very super important for me this was my my game victory plan like like uh going for the control win mm-hmm. uh and and you were more on the on the killing, killing uh way of, of of playing. Yes. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, this this twist allegiance turn one. I, I mean, for experienced players, I'm sure this is this is uh, like common knowledge, or it's like the the good old acrid push your uh, the mm-hmm. enemy uh, hero one hex out of uh, the control range, maybe. But yeah. yeah, this this hurt. Uh, yeah, pretty hard. it was,
0: it was, it was cool. It was one of my favorite plays to start things off. And so you were you were out of, out of the the running with that hero. There's nothing you could do about it. It was just basically a burned. I imagine three, three mana lead card, and um, that's how that kind of ended.
1: Well, yeah, uh, I, th- I think that uh, the, the twist legion was was only the the one in the one two punch combination of yours yes. because, you. Also won the uh, the dome, yes. and we played with a new outsider. You, I think I, I picked a.
0: Yes, that was your that was your outsider. It was not mine. I had yeah. I brought Scourge of Pueto, and you brought Terror of the Endless Night, and so uh, it worked very well that your heroes ended up being uh, kind of around a cover hex and close to where uh, Frail was pushed at the bottom, on your side the bottom left for me the top right. And uh, so I just put Terror of the Endless Night right next to that cover hex where you had two other heroes. And then uh, I was able to uh, Dreadful Majesty Year Freyhill to start things off and uh, <laughs> basically pull him in. So now there was three heroes surrounding um, Terror of the Endless Night.
1: Yeah, and this was the two in the one-two combination. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> Like yes. The, the Terror of the Endless Light sucking her back in his range of, I don't know, domination and mm-hmm. then slowing and disarming all of my poor dudes, dudes or yes, dudettes. Yes, it was,
0: it was fantastic. <laughs> and the push worked really well because uh, for what I ended up doing to start off the next round was, so now I was able to create a space around the Terror of the Endless Night, which uh, then allowed me to bring my Brival back into play for my very first activation and have all three of your heroes surrounding my Brival, which I obviously uh, finished off in a worshipped mode, having shapeshifted, so you would have to waste an action with all three of yours against my one bridle.
1: Yeah, this this was looking pretty grim. And it I was. One... I
0: was. I was feeling. I was on my high horse at that point.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> I think <laughs> one thing we could mention is like uh, when you listened closely now, uh, you'd hear that I had three heroes on one one lane. So some, uh, sometime during uh, turn one. I decided to uh, focus my my left lane because we had a left breach as a mm-hmm. as the sole um, control victory card. And we had left breach, and then we had onslaught and obstinacy. Obstinacy. Yes. Yeah. We obstinacy. have to de- yeah. defeat the same hero twice. So we had yeah. like two kill there's... victory conditions yeah. and one. Controlly left breach and i was like a little terrified or a little frightened uh, of of your kill setup so i thought about okay why just why why not go all in early on the on the left lane because you had to commit you were the first player and you committed to the dome and to my right lane with two heroes which was my left yeah so so like the, the... So we
0: both went after the left breach at the same time, just in yeah. our respective areas, which was opposites.
1: And I thought I can uh, control your two heroes on, on your dominant lane or your left lane. Mm-hmm. I thought if I put only one hero there and use my more control-oriented deck with uh, high mana cards and cards that support um, killing or creating uh, new minions, spawning new minions... I thought I can maybe handle a two-on-one there, and then just pushing hard three-on-one on my left lane and going for a mm-hmm. quick victory. This was my mind mind uh, set at this time. And then turn one happened, and my lead character ran away because he lost his his, his allegiance where it was twisted, <laughs> and the terror <laughs> of the endless night slowed all my guys. And Brilvar decided to join the fray and and taunt all my guys. Is yes, that was fantastic.
0: Taunt? But you had a response yeah. right away for that.
1: Yeah, I think we, we did the good old uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! You activated my trap card, and then I activated your trap card, and the other way around again, because I yes. played a charm, uh, the good old uh, Leothan uh, answer to, to a shapeshifted Brilwar.
0: And then I responded with a redirect?
1: And going the the obvious, haha! I got you. But yes. I was lucky I, in my starting hand. I I had the second charm, which I mulliganed for actually, and yep. so I could like recharm.
0: Recharm, so it ended up sticking and uh, removing my shapeshift, and it also actually was extra potent because when I had to use my redirect, I had to actually remove one of the disadvantages um i think it was a disarm i believe on one of yours i
1: think that i took a bit of slow because i wanted to to get in uh, the, right. uh, g- having to attack him was pretty bad yes I, I redirected was, it
0: to a target frail that's what it was
1: and yeah and it um the bad thing for me was not necessary i mean it was pretty terrible at all <laughs> uh in, in total but um the first thing was I had to waste one... I would have had to waste one action attacking Brillvar with three heroes, which is uh, like probably game losing. <laughs> and mm-hmm. um, then I had this Terror of the Endless Night sitting in front of me, blocking my way to the control token. And um, being slowed, I couldn't really have moved uh, and do anything significant. So... Yes, I think I removed uh, uh, from from Estrada. Um, the, right Yes, that's what it was. Slow, and I could move her, worship her, and spawn a minion by killing one of your minions.
0: Because I think if you had not done what you did, it would have ended where you might have gotten just one hero within the control uh, sphere. Because I did manage to, I think, win that that lane and push it back. Correct.
1: Or did you know you I, won, I, I you won I, it actually?
0: I think you I, won I still lane.
1: managed to to win the lane because I had three heroes there. One was out right. of yeah, range, right. but I still won it. And but, but you
0: pushed it so far back that now you were really far away from it, and could yes. and had a risk of having uh, not much con- contribution this next round. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's what would happen. Yeah. So that that was the the interesting. Uh, series of events that we had that was it was really fun these these like haymaker swings going back and forth really early on in the game but uh um you still managed to pull it off in the end uh i believe it was with that that left breach yeah. was how you won the game yes
1: yes but it it was i mean it didn't end there from from the excitement no. level this was maybe just a the epic intro to the game but there was, I mean, we, we, we had a situation where you went uh, for your left breach in a way and had the kill missions as a, mm-hmm. as a side objective, right. which were still possible to do because you, you um, did you manage to kill uh, the Freyhel in the end? Yes. I think once. And yes. you could have gone for the second kill uh, and score obstinacy uh, and yeah. win win that way. So, yeah, it was interesting for me, and, and I have never done this before, like committing three heroes to one lane, and and going all in in a way, uh, on on the particular. It worked out well though. Victory it worked condition. out very
0: well. Yeah. I remember we were at the at the end. There was kind of like because uh, the I believe lane one was was on my left breach. Yeah. So yeah, I had the advantage scary. of of like just trying to I basically ignored one of like your lane. I was like, okay, I just need to commit to this lane because it will resolve first. And then what however much over you are, because you're getting to the point where it you were just swarming on that that one side on your left breach. And yeah. so I knew I just had to get there first and not worry. So I kind of like fled from that whole side to try and commit even more aggressively to the other side and um, that's where you finish me off because I, I did one where I had Brev- Brevlar go right across the dome and, and activate on that bottom area and you had a great response to that with your own Brevlar.
1: Yeah, and and I think I had I was one turn ahead because I won my left lane in turn one and mm-hmm. we had a draw on, on your left lane so the control token remained stationary, although I had one less hero in the lane and so you needed one extra turn to move the your your left lane into my right. tower reach and then you needed one more turn to to kill it but you came super close actually but i i dashed in with with uh, the good old uh agile brill bar and he, he shoved your uh, used the card shove to push uh, your brill bar which had the lead card into the yes. dome and so my tower did not fall
0: yes and then yours just overwhelmed mine and that was all that was written in that game but it was yeah. it was a lot of fun and, and it was a great learning experience I I did some things and interactions I had never done before which was fantastic always a great thing to do when you're playing the game.
1: Yeah, definitely. Do you remember which which ones uh, did any s- uh, stand out for you that you did that you thought oh, uh, this is a nice interaction?
0: Yeah, well, it was really understanding the use of Brevlar and how the taunt can really cripple and setting it up. And it was it was more actually the use of how potent using your um, the outsider mm-hmm. and the different ones that exist. And how they all have kind of this very interesting interaction and can really pivot the game because the whole that whole turn that created that interesting interaction at the beginning was because of the outsider. Without the outsider, none of that happened. Yeah. And so true. I had the advantage of going first, having Brevlar and close, and then Terror of the Endless Night uh setting everything up for that the start of that next turn. So um I definitely I definitely, I, for me personally, I think Terror of the Endless Night and Scourge of Puido, depending on what the victory cards are, I think they're the most strong for me personally. Uh, Scur- I enjoy the use of them too.
1: Yeah, Scourge of P- Puido is the the Akimo, the the dark Akimo, right?
0: Yes, yeah. the possessed.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Takes yeah, control. it's it's really great. It's one where you can literally have your your hero uh hero lose half life as well as yours, so both heroes lose half yeah. life. So if there's some uh victory conditions with killing heroes, it can really elevate that on both sides of the table. So depending on your positioning and activation, you could really take advantage of that.
1: Yeah, that's maybe a thing we can talk about later like like how do you go about choosing the outsider? Mm-hmm.
0: And... But let's move on to the next topic here and this is uh more for I would say probably newer players this topic is going to resonate with a little bit more uh, rather than the more experienced players um and that's that's about around the idea of deck building and the considerations that go into that process both as a new player and as someone who's kind of just getting into the game in in different aspects like maybe you're a little ways into it you started off with net decking just because you, you didn't have confidence to build a deck and now yeah. you're looking to adjust that and uh, take your own take the building process into your own hands so to speak
1: yeah I think this is what I usually do when I when to start a new game or a new card game or, or like an online uh, online game uh, PC game um, Is like I, I take something that's established and that, that I know is good and then try to make it my own uh, in a like I changed some cards which I feel would be interesting but I have a, a solid base where I know there are um, combinations and interactions to be discovered uh, and I go from from there so I just steal intellectual property of someone else and then yeah, market them <laughs> as my own
0: <laughs> yeah see I'm I'm the opposite, is this deck that I am playing, I built from the ground up. I didn't look at anything. Um, I got advice from people such as uh, Smeoz and some of my first round opponents to kind of uh, give me some, like, hey, maybe you should consider not having this in. Like, you should maybe consider adding this hero for this reason. Uh, that was really great advice from the first couple rounds. Yeah. Uh, but I'm kind of an anti-net decker. That's that that was like a big reason why I started playing Keyforge in the first place because I was scarred from my my magic and Pokemon days. I just really didn't like that everyone running the same thing. Yeah. And granted, I'm... that that aspect does not exist within SkyTear because even if you do Net Deck, there's no way you could possibly uh for for I would say most cases, this is probably not a unanimous statement. Um you can't Exactly copy what's going on because there's so many variables that could influence what you choose, why you choose it, and the combination of what is chosen.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, you you maybe have a recurring theme of seeing the same heroes or having them picked pretty often, mm-hmm. like like Akrit, for example, i, I see seen in a lot of mm-hmm. decks. But then to actually use them and how you use them and when you decide to use which card makes each game... Pretty unique because you have to react on on the victory cards. You have to uh, react on the opponent's setup, which heroes he chose, where he put them on on the lanes. So it's one thing to like net deck, uh, like in uh, don't want to downplay it. But but uh, uh, when you play Magic or I'm I'm playing Room Terror at the moment uh, as a side oh, me game. Oh, meet you, love it. Yeah, it's it's great, but you you see a lot of the same decks and some Mm -hmm. hands play themselves in a way. Like you have your one mana drop, two mana drop, three mana drop, and you have to do a little decision-making on do do I use a creature to block or not, or do I play this card or Mm -hmm. that card? But in a way more constrained way, you don't have the freedom of action like you have in Sky Tear where you decide where i mean mean it's the 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 very first decisions which are super impactful where do i put my hero Uh, do i put them left or right do i put them in the front or in the back which heroes do it do i use and how many hexes do i move them yes Um, be like me and go too far uh, out and you get twist allegiance (laughs) in your (laughs) face and and, then run home crying so there are so many uh, possibilities to mess up or to play good that even if you copy something, uh, you need to wield it or use it uh, good. The decks don't play themselves. So this is something I, I really enjoy about the game.
0: And you have to kind of like, so when you're going into this process, whether it's net decking or it's actually creating your own, you kind of have to make some decisions of the type of deck you want to play. And so that can fall under. Are you going to go more control? Are you going to go with a very strong aggro deck? Or are you going to create maybe almost like as I guess? I guess if you have like a tool chest deck that has a little bit of everything and you can pivot as needed, would you call that almost like a mid range, Christian?
1: Yeah, I was. I was thinking about the, the definitions of 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 decks or of of hero compositions in this game, and it's uh, yeah already. Uh, mentioned i like to steal stuff or let's call it get inspiration by uh, mm-hmm. other things so i thought about like is there like like the uh, well-established triangle of of aggro mid-range control is there something like this in this game do we have decks aggro decks quick kill decks that always beat uh, con- slower control decks and is there some kind of mid-range deck that wins uh, against this aggro decks I'm, I'm not so sure um i think it's hard to to put this miniature game in 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 those in those uh terms in this strict mm-hmm. terms so i was Is it wasn't because really... of the
0: fact that you can the way that you you're drafting heroes so there's there's six and you're going down to four which means there's aspects that are going to be left behind in terms of your deck building composition and what cards are within each hero's deck and what the heroes themselves do. Is that why you think that? Yeah, that's definitely a part of it that that
1: you have uh, you have to decide for a portion of your deck. I mean
0: Mm
1: -hmm. when you build a deck, I mean you have more more experience in in that regard. When you build a deck, I would imagine I you you think about the core the core heroes, maybe two heroes I I would I would Mm -hmm. say which are like your backbone. And then you fill it out with four filler heroes, which uh, have specific roles and bring specific cards for a matchup. This is how I would go about it. Mm-hmm. How did you do it?
0: So for me, as I I did yes, I went under that process, and I think I'm going to be tweaking my deck a little bit. But originally, like what I as of this point, what I had in my deck was each hero created had a suite of cards that coincided with a tactic that I wanted to do. And I think I need to diversify a little bit more because there's times when, like, for example, I put all my heal cards within Frail. So when Frail's in, that mm-hmm. I know she's coming to do big healing. And unfortunately, that's not working out because I need sometimes to have those heal cards available when Frail may not be present. Yeah. So that was one thing that I'm learning and adjusting. That, that's the other thing, too. When you're building your own deck, there's a lot more, like you play a game, you should, you play a couple games, notice a weakness, you got to tweak and you're constantly tweaking. Whereas when you're net decking, you're going to most likely know that this has already been proven to a degree. Yeah. And now you have to see how it proves for you. And then maybe you're like, oh, I just actually don't like playing this card. I find I'm always holding it and I'm never playing it. Like Those those things mean either you didn't realize the, the potency of that card or its utility, or it's just not something that fits your play style. So you're going to want to swap that out.
1: Yeah, I think that's the natural like progression of of a, a homegrown homegrown mm-hmm. homegrown deck that you focus really hard on some aspects and then tone them down a little bit. Like like if I wanted to make a kill deck, I would get everything in that's killy and see if this idea of of a kill deck or of a skirmish deck. We we saw a pretty nice example of this in the last league. Is is there are there teeth to the to that deck Uh, can you make a skirmish deck can you make a lead or control deck or can you make an an attack deck and then when you have the idea established yes this this works i can kill heroes reliably then i think you just tone down as long as you still uh, fulfill your primary objective but have enough answers to potential counters and you fill in mm-hmm. more and more counters while still retaining the, the main idea of, the, of your deck.
0: Yes. Now, with that as well, though, you have to be aware of the stats of your deck. Because when you're building, you need to constantly be looking, are you going to have the resources to lead? Know what's going to happen if you're leading from deck. Uh, what's going to happen if you're attacking from deck, like do you have a ton of minus ones that could burn you, like, or zeros, for example, if you're skirmishing, all these things that can contribute. So if you build your decks physically first, because you like that tactile, laying out the cards and seeing things, it's a great idea afterwards to pull that into the SkyTurred deck building website um function because it will show you all the stats of your deck what your mana distribution is like what your your um your boost card distribution is like all those sort of things and it's very handy to see and you can just get the numbers like you like in any deck building thing you're going to have to be aware of your distribution and your numbers so you know the percentage of drawing and things like that that's just part of playing card games is you have to recognize um, if you're going for the heart of the cards, what's that going to look like, basically?
1: Yeah, will it be like more likely a minus one that I draw now, mm-hmm. and or is it like an average of two point two or whatever? Mm-hmm. And yeah, if you're going over the top, you you uh, remember uh, which cards were already discarded, like. You, maybe the easiest things is you you always realize when you discarded an ultimate of your one of your heroes so mm-hmm. your how many plus threes are still in your deck and you can Shadow maybe uh, start up your little uh, mental calculator to think about what can I expect from, from the random draw or you just mm-hmm. go the easy or, or maybe, no, it's, it's Nupton more likely, uh, the easy predict road <laughs> mm-hmm. and, yes. uh, yeah, get a, get an idea of your destiny.
0: <laughs> yes, that is definitely always a, a good, a good, uh, way to approach things. So I guess the next thing up is, um, the weaknesses that your deck could possess, like being aware of that, like what matchups are going to be unfavorable for you, and that's what you have to also be aware of. Because if you know what's going to hurt you, um, I like I think I'm I'm still not good at this part of the game for sure. This is this is definitely my weakness. Is the weakness um, because I think I make some wrong decisions based on what's happening in the game, and I'm hoping mm. that's a lack of experience, and I will just suddenly start realizing it. Like you have to understand. Uh, when you're picking heroes, obviously, like you can't go full out armor melee when you know your your opponent suddenly decides. Oh, really? I'm just gonna run three mages, and your armor is irrelevant to me right now. Like things like that.
1: Yeah, I, I think this is something we we touched uh, up, touched on uh, a while before when when we were when I was thinking like how can you categorize uh, um, or. Um, apply types to to decks mm-hmm. because I want to do this so that I know going into uh, a game, am I ahead or am I uh, behind? Do I need to take more risks in the game to get ahead of my opponent, or can I play responsive? Can I can I use um, uh, can I take actions that don't necessarily affect the board state? But provide me card advantage, for example. Can I blind lead mm-hmm. or something? Can I? When it's the same same question that you ask yourself. It's it's very hard uh, to know when you're ahead, I think,
0: mm-hmm.
1: or when when yes. you have the upper hand. And this is the same for deck building, like when you when you want to find out what what are the counters to your deck, um, and the same in game uh, reading the the board state.
0: Yes. And I think if you are unsure of this, because this is something like, especially if you don't have a lot of experience playing the game, you may not recognize what these weaknesses are or what matchups are more or less favorable. So if that's the case, then you want to just focus on what your deck wants to do. Like, what is what is the purpose of your deck? Why, why do you have these cards in? What are you looking to achieve with them? And focus on going for that goal and then make notes of, what is preventing you from achieving that goal? And those will start, that list, you may start to notice either a commonality, the same thing keeps coming up, or a same concept keeps coming up, and then in which case you can maybe start identifying that may be the less favorable matchup or the weakness to your deck, and use that as a source to kind of learn and grow with it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think that's very true, and and it, this would be maybe an, an advice for a, for a new play, newer player to, when, when you when you build a deck like focus on your main trick on your main victory condition mm-hmm. that you want to achieve and try to get this down i think it would be way harder to uh how did you call the deck type before like toolbox or like yeah the toolbox Swiss army knife or whatever yeah exactly like playing a one trick pony uh is a lot easier because you only need to master mm-hmm. one trick and if it's a potent trick it's it's all good but um spreading your yourself too thin or in many directions will might might lead to some frustration moments, some frustrating moments when you can't do anything really strong.
0: And then there's there's also another side of this where you may say like for example, you're like, oh I, I really want to play a control deck and I'm going to be focusing on controlling the lanes. that's what my deck's going to do. but as you start doing that, there's the possibility that you figure out from playing it that you actually don't enjoy doing that because that is also an important part of building a deck. Do you enjoy playing it? Yeah. That is, I think, something that can be overlooked. So you may find out that, you know what, I actually don't like playing control decks. I like the aggro decks where I'm just smashing face and going that route. You may discover this as a player as you go, or you may discover that you like having the ability to pivot and do lots of different things, and you just like that kind of of jack-of-all-trades deck so just keep that in mind like if you notice maybe you're not winning and you're not having fun it may be the way you're choosing to play the deck in that style it may not be your style and that's okay like this is a diverse game that has a lot of different options so you can always pivot into something else and that may be choosing completely different factions that could be choosing a different style of deck but using the same factions uh experiment get to get to know the game and what aspects of it resonate with you
1: yeah, definitely. I I, I think me I, I maybe made it sound too one-dimensional dimension, one that you you are a control deck or something like that. There is so much play in the game. There there the, alone if you think about uh, the victory cards themselves might make your standard path to victory uh, very hard to obtain if there is no left breach, right breach, whatever uh, control uh, card there, although it's unlikely this happens, you need to have like um, a way to to cope for that. That still play a valid deck, and and even the the most uh, f- one-sided uh, or or f- focused uh, deck on a particular particular victory condition can make a u-turn somewhere and and try to play uh, a different style although not as potent as a dedicated deck but there is still play in there
0: Mm-hmm. very true so i think that's pretty much coming up on time for this episode uh we hope you got some insight and some ideas into the process of creating a deck and i hope this aids you in doing so uh don't be afraid to create a deck especially if you have someone a friend as well like maybe you can both try and do a homebrew uh testing your homebrews against one another are gonna create some interesting kind of back and forth because if you're both less experienced that means you're both maybe creating a uh potentially subpar deck you never know uh maybe not so you don't want to take that as the end-all, be-all if you win. But it's a fun way when you're just starting out. You both kind of go through that process together. Uh, and then you can take it to uh, the Discord and challenge people on TTS. And then you'll start to see how your deck stands up. So a good way to learn how the deck plays is with someone in a casual environment. In case you go against a, a seasoned pro and you may get stomped, it won't uh, discourage you. Um, how do you, What are your thoughts on that, Christian?
1: I think, yeah, uh, that's it's... Totally true what you said and, and I would even add like start building a deck right now is, is a really good moment I feel like there are enough cards that you can um, chase an idea you have enough options but it's in no way overwhelming like you have about yeah. 20 cards per color or perfection so uh, you're not over- overwhelmed with too many uh, options that you can that you can take. You're mm-hmm. optimizing quick, pretty fast in the process of, of building the deck. They're not not, uh, yeah. Like I said, an, it's not overwhelming building the deck. Right. So I think now is a good time to get accustomed to the to the cards and then grow with the game. Uh, buy the expansions <laughs> if you enjoy the game, and and then you can easily adopt your or uh, yeah easily adopt new ideas or ideas or. Like fine tune your deck with new card releases.
0: Indeed, indeed. So, Christian, uh, where can people find you if they want to reach out to to discuss maybe some of the ideas you shared today? What's the best place?
1: I think like like the Sky uh, Sky Terror Discord uh, server is is the best way to to find me or to ask me for a game. I'm I'm on there pretty often, although I'm not super uh, active, uh, not not typing a lot, <laughs> but I'm always lurking in the back (laughs) and so yeah this is probably the the easiest way to get a hold of me
0: and you can find me on twitter and instagram at boulevard paper fight that's blvd paper fight Uh, as well as on the sky discord as the same name boulevard paper fight number sign 3840 Uh, if you like any of these ideas or have some differing opinions please do reach out and start a discussion I really enjoy learning more about this game in all its forms so I hope you've all had a good day and maybe learned something from this or gotten some inspiration and if you haven't checked out some of the other episodes please do and I hope to jam a game with you soon have a good one yeah have a good one thanks for having me Outsiders Only This is SkyTerror